Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Long do you stay present in a group that you begin? What are the different kinds of factors that help you determine whether you stay for a week or two, or a month, or a couple of years, or a lifetime in the group that you've begun, the disciple-making group? I'm going to be talking about that today on the Dare to Multiply podcast. And in this episode, we're going to dive deep into that question. I think you're going to get some answers that are helpful to you as we look at what the Bible says about this and also what I've learned in my years of experience doing this. So in just a moment, we'll be back with that answer. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple-Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls, and even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. I have another question that I want to address today, and that is a question that someone had asked, and it is, how long should you stay present in a group that you start? How long should you stay present in a disciple-making group that you have begun? Um, Is it one or two times? You just model it and then you leave? Um, Do you stay for a few months? Do you stay for a few years? How long should you stay present? in that group, in that initial group, and when is the right time to exit? So that's a really good question and an important one, but there's no formula answer to this question. So there's a couple of different factors that I want us to think about as we look at the answer to the question of how long do you stay in the group? One is, are you the person of peace for the group? Or are you starting the group through a person of peace that you've found, right? So sometimes we ourselves are the person of peace. We are somewhere in a neighborhood and these are people in our own oikos. They're people that we are inviting into a group that we're starting with them. And if you are the person of peace and you're calling people into the group, you're the main inviter, right? into that group, then you're going to stay in that group longer, right? Because people have a natural, um, natural attraction or a natural connection with you as the person of peace. So don't expect to exit 
those kinds of groups really rapidly, right? Instead, those are the kinds of groups where those are going to be the people that you are doing long-term disciple making with, and you're investing in them. And you're hoping that in that group of four or five or six people that you are going to pour your life into people that would, that they will start groups that start groups that start groups. And uh, you may not ever exit that kind of group if they become a strong uh, group that's generating new groups that start new groups and new streams of the movement. You may continue with that group long term or for many, many years. Or it may be that you stay in that group until you kind of identify there's someone else who really um, people are looking to and respecting as a natural person who's kind of facilitating and leading that group, you've been absent a few times and they've led in your behalf and you feel released by the Holy Spirit to move on, then you could move on. I want to mention that, again, in everything we do in disciple making, we always look to the word of God for our example. And when we look at Paul, the Apostle Paul, and when he went to new places to plant new churches, he would sometimes stay for a very short time. Sometimes it was just a few weeks or a few months. But there were other places where he stayed for a few years and he really established things before he moved on. So again, I want to say there's no formula for this. There's just some principles and things that we can look at that can be helpful. So are you the person of peace yourself or are you working through a person of peace? So if you found a person of peace and you're starting this group through their oikos, then I would say that's a little different scenario. And you do want to exit before the group begins to look to you for leadership, right? And you always want to let the person of peace be the person that you're kind of upholding as the key person, as the leader of the group, rather than you being the leader, and um, sometimes that's a little tricky to do, right? But that's what we always want to do. We always want to be looking forward to the time when we will exit the group and hand it off, right? Because we're always wanting to pass that baton, 2 Timothy 2, 2, that Paul passed to Timothy, and Timothy found faithful men. Those faithful men found others who they could also entrust uh, the truth of the gospel to. So we're always looking for who we can hand off to. But the timing is is important and really you want to you want to wait until you see that they are able confident um, to facilitate the group in a way that honors multiplication principles right so Another big factor in this is I would say if you're working with someone who is a brand new Christian and has had very little Christian um, influence in their life, the likelihood that they will be able to lead faster in some ways is higher. Now, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but let me explain why. The reason is because they don't already have pre-established paradigms of traditional ways of doing things or traditional church that they're having to unwind, right? So many times um, we're having, if we're working with existing Christians or we're working with people who already have had some sort of Christian background or Christian involvement, we're having to take a few months to kind of unwind that and help them understand why we do things differently, why we don't just preach and, um, you know, make it like a preaching point, why we have discussion uh, why we try to avoid um, 
one person doing all the talking, why everyone, we want it to be participatory learning experience. So you have to unwind some of those things with people who are maybe from a more traditional background, and that can take a little bit of time. So usually what I do is I, I want to have uh, the others in the group start to facilitate the group fairly quickly after they've seen it modeled just maybe two or three times. Um, then you choose kind of the person who is most likely to follow that kind of model and let them try. And then after they've done it, then you give them some feedback and um, maybe watch them again and let someone else lead it. And you're kind of going around, tell several people in the group, you don't just want to have one person who can lead, but several people in the group are really understanding uh, the process and the method for the meeting being participatory um, being interactive rather than just having it be uh, speaker or leader centric. And uh, so, yeah, it can take a little bit of time to do that. Then you also want to just see when the group is gelling, right? Some groups, they start strong and lots of people come. And then after, you know, three or four weeks, uh, people aren't coming anymore and people fall off. So you want to have kind of that core group has gelled before you exit the group um, completely. And I would say you want to have that exit prop be a process rather than have it just be, okay, I was here with you three times now. Bye. I'll see you later. You guys do it on your own now. Um, you, you want to check in. Maybe you're going to begin after three or four times to exit the group and you, you absent yourself from it, but you still keep in touch. How'd it go? You check in with the person who facilitated. How'd it go last week? Let me know. Um, you know, what happened? Did people show up? Uh, those kinds of things. And you're slowly starting to exit until, and but you still maybe come and you observe, but you don't lead. And, you know, that kind of can be kind of a process. But I would say generally for me in my experience, it can take three to six months before I'm ready to fully exit a group uh, confident that it's going to really stay strong and be a strong group. Now, some people would disagree with me on this. I know other people think that you should exit sooner. And um, I think the big reason for that is because you you don't want people to be dependent on you as a leader. But uh, there's just so many different factors that you've got to look at and uh, when is the right time to exit. But again, especially in those early first generation groups, you want the right DNA. And if you don't get the DNA right in the group, it will not multiply. And uh, some leader who maybe has been um, drinking from other streams, so to speak, where they've been they're influenced by other kinds of things besides DMM principles or disciple multiplication principles. They may come in and kind of take over the group or you may lose the group. You're going to have a high attrition rate for the group. So I usually want to see that the group is fairly well established. I know the DNA is strong. I, the leaders, and it's not just one, but the, the person of peace and a few other people feel confident and you're beginning to see the group wanting to multiply and and you're really encouraging that multiplication and they're starting to start other groups they're regularly sharing with others they're obedient uh, those who aren't interested have already kind of left and the group is solid uh, that's the point when i would completely pull out and just stay in touch with the person of peace after that so I hope this is helpful to you and again um, there's lots of different ways to do this but the main thing is uh, don't let the group become dependent on you. 
or it will not multiply. It'll get stuck. Um, unless you're that person of peace and there you're not talking about dependence, but you're talking about a lifelong investment into those disciples who are going to make disciples and make more disciples. So God bless you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you back here in about a week's time. God bless. Making disciples and sharing Jesus with those around you can be difficult. We need help to keep our faith alive as we step out to do new things. Faith to Move Mountains, stirring our faith to believe for movements among the unreached, is a 30-day devotional that will encourage your heart and build your faith. In it, I and my co-author, Kevin Sutter, share a scripture, a story, and a challenge each day from years of frontline experience working in tough places. Like I said, making disciples can be hard, progress is often slow, and breakthroughs seem distant. This devotional will kickstart your faith for a movement of disciples in your area. Grab a copy on Amazon.com today. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media, and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.